The songs we love, the songs we hate, the songs we've never heard. What do they all have in common? Music speaks to us in ways we may not realize. Discover how to use what you already have to get what you really want. You're listening to Power of a Positive Playlist on the OBBM Network. Here's your host, John Chester. Hello and welcome. This is John Chester and the Power of Positive Playlist on the OBBM Network. Thank you for your time. I'm glad you're here. Today, I've got with me musician Paul Kozovich. Hello, Paul. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Glad you're here. We, uh, uh, Paul and I are both musicians. We share that. But Paul's walked a really different road, which we're going to explore, and the end results that he has gotten with it as far as his beliefs, his his faith, his worship, and how that has outworked. Is that fair to say? Yep. Okay. So you're a musician. What are your instruments? Uh, well, I started on drums when I was 15, uh, keyboards when I was 16, added in the next couple of years sax and guitar. Through the years, I've added other things like mandolin, harmonica, a little flute, little, a lot of different percussion-type instruments, a lot of string you know, a little banjo, a little violin. I did a track on a one radio commercial with violin, so I can make noise on anything. <laughs> <laughs> Multi-instrumentalist is an understatement here. Keyboard's the best, I guess. So you're playing all these various instruments, and you like keyboard the best. I'm probably best on it. I Usually when I write, most times probably guitar. So you're a composer too? Yeah. Okay. Did you get classically trained? Uh, no. I had a year of drum lessons and a month on sax. So you don't, you don't like you didn't at school do music theory and. Well, I've learned it, uh, but self-taught. My mom made a picture chart of all the notes, and so it was just put above each piano key, and and I picked it off. Since I learned the value of each note's playing drums, I knew what a quarter and eighth note and all that was. So I just figured it out, and I practiced ten to fourteen hours a day. Uh, Did you drive your parents crazy with the drums? Well, that, yeah, and the bands that I had over. <laughs> oh, so you had some bands. What kind of bands did you have? Uh, well, they were kind of jam bands in the early years, you know, like doing Credence and Crosby Stills or just uh, blues and boogie, and, but it was loud music. My dad would always, about every 15 minutes, turn it down. <laughs> <laughs> turn it down, you doggone kids. And surprisingly, they never said anything about the lyrics and I'm bad in the fact that I usually just listen to the music. I hardly pay much attention to lyrics. Well, studies show that when it comes to affecting the human body, it is the music that has the greatest effect. Uh, the lyrics are secondary. Not that they have no effect. It's just music is more powerful for setting a mood. You've spent countless hours growing your business and caring for your family. These days, Dad is getting argumentative with you and just this morning forgot if he had taken his medications. Lately, he forgets where he is. Maybe it's time to talk to someone at Silverado South Lake Memory Care Community. They're specialized in dementia care. Silverado offers a structured environment and residents enjoy vital socialization with others. Silverado South Lake Memory Care knows it takes a village approach to care for your loved ones and invites you to talk to families already enrolled in care. 
Feel the difference at our South Lake location. Count the smiles on residents and associates. No, you don't have to do this alone. Call 817-756-8600 to talk with specialists that can help you navigate this difficult time. Ensure your loved one is getting personal attention, a familiar face. Short stays or extended living, call 817-756-8600. Silverado South Lake Memory Care Community serves the DFW area. Don't wait any longer. Call 817-756-8600 today. So what kind of music did your parents listen to? Uh, they liked uh, like the Ink Spots. Um, mm. That was one of my favorites. And just a lot of kind of jazz, a little bit. Um, and then orchestra music, classical. Okay. So you had a pretty broad experience with that. What did you start doing with it? Uh, when I was 16, I was playing out, making money in a wedding band on drums and we do from some sambas, rambas, uh, polkas, waltzes, and then uh, did Indigata de Vida. Oh my. <laughs> so weddings, bar mitzvahs, brisses, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yes, I, I know the bands yeah. and have been involved in a few. So, okay. So what happened next? Then when I was 17, I joined a band playing keyboard. And then in the next couple of years, there was a few bands in between, but then uh, got into a touring band for the Midwest. And we were doing 50s, 60s, and Elvis. And uh, we were doing, doing well. Uh, what were you playing? What instrument were you playing in all these bands? Then I was playing piano, guitar, and sax. Okay. And then... Did you sing? Yeah, I did some harmony. Okay. Yeah. Not the lead. I had one song that I sang lead. It was funny because... When my family came to hear it, they never heard me sing before, but they heard me learning to practice. And the first time my dad heard me practicing with headphones on, he ran up the stairs and whipped the door open. Thought I thought the house was on fire. <laughs> <laughs> he thought I was dying. <laughs> oh, that's cruel. Okay. Yeah, but, okay. But I got better. <laughs> Good. So, and you got better with it. Yeah. All right. So things cruised along for a while being a musician. Yeah. What changed? Well, I fell in love when I was in the touring band. And uh, so I decided to get a job and do music on the part-time okay. basis. And uh, we got into, well, right before I fell in love, I got into an all-original band, which was uh, pretty interesting. We got into a Rolling Stones magazine interview. After our third time playing out, we did all-original uh, we had Pink Floyd's announcer do our commercial, and we packed the first club we ever played. No one ever hearing our music. We took a second place in a state competition um, against some pretty heavy hitters. Uh, one was the keyboard player from the Thunderbirds. He was in a band called Short Stuff. Now, this is going way back. I settled down and got into a different band, uh, actually disco, when I, after I met my wife-to-be. And that paid for our wedding. <laughs> so hold on. You said disco, but yeah. this was post-disco. It had to be. No. No? It was during? Okay. <laughs> yeah. you, you don't look old enough to be playing no disco, but okay. All right. Good. Yeah. Okay. Go yeah. on. And then, and then through the years, played country, classic rock, you know, all the stuff you hear on the radio. You got married, kids? No kids. Okay. So you got married, but something else still happened. Because you're living the the, the lifestyle, mm -hmm. 
and you're you got a job to be legit, so to speak. Yeah. And uh, but uh, so you're cruising along fine. Yeah. And folks, for my listeners, what I'm getting at is there is a process that happens with everything. When you're younger, you do certain things, and we often waste time looking back and go, well, I really messed up here or something. And that's just called experience if you rightly leverage your youth. And what Paul's doing here is he's just living life. And he has all these wonderful experiences because he traveled, Mm. met thousands of people, got some sterling reviews, got a lot of notoriety, okay? Had a lot of fun. I mean, it's, it's crazy fun performing in front of people. Yeah. Okay. And it was a bit of a party lifestyle. That was the problem. Okay. The problem. <laughs> Why was it a problem? Uh, just, it's not the type of person I was, I guess, meant to be. It went against my grain. I, although I did do it in my early years, it, it, I just got tired of it and hanging around the people that were burnouts and, you know, they weren't going anywhere. And through the end of the night, they'd be so high that they couldn't play their own instrument. They just think, turn it up, it'll sound good. It wasn't professional. But I did get it with another good band in Florida. But that's where it changed my life is when we lived in Florida, my wife was listening to Charles Stanley a lot. Mm. And that was her friend while I'm going out and playing out six nights a week with a full-time job. And uh, But she invited me to go to this Baptist church, and they were doing a play called Heaven's Gates, Hell's Flames. <laughs> I don't know if you ever saw that. No. But it, it was, they did an awesome job. And it, it, what they did was have plays of different life situations. And the one I remember is a dad taking his son fishing on a Sunday. And uh, he asked dad, why don't we go to church with mom? And he says she gets enough church for all of us. Mm. And they got in a car accident and died. And then they're at the throne or, you know, looking for through the book of life and their names were not to be found. And then off the side of the stage came Satan and his demons and they're tearing him apart. And it was just horrible crying. And it was, this is very sad. And right after that, one of the angels, they had a hundred angels in the back doing choir during this play. One of the angels had a heart attack. We thought it was part of the show. Oh my. Um, and that just made me remember some of my near death experiences. Uh, when I was 16, we were rafting and I was at the front of it and we went over about a 25 foot waterfall and I got taken under and I was down there for, well, by the time I came up out of the water, they were already climbed up and getting back into the raft. I was about a hundred yards downstream. I, I, I was trying to swim up. It kept getting darker, so I realized I had to swim down. And I thought, just go out. And luckily, I picked the right direction. And every time I moved my hands, I thought it got so much brighter, I was ready to take a breath. I had to do that about 10 times. So you don't know how long you can hold your breath till you have to. Yes, that's um, right. And Paul has got more he's going to tell us, because I keep prodding him, because he's got something different that happened that has brought on a big change. And we're going to get into that right after the break. I'm John Chester. This is the Power of Positive Playlists on the OBBM Network. I'm Suzanne Johns. And, you know, I am turning 65 this summer and I decided that I'm not going to go out looking old and wrinkly anymore. So I found something that would help me 
be able to not do that. And that is Nora age-defying anti-age skincare. It's 100% natural, pH level that is in harmony with your skin, and it acts as an antioxidant and a skin protectant. The best part, it's made in the USA, and it's manufactured in Fort Worth, so we're local. So I tell you what, if you'd like to feel good about yourself, you could talk to me today, or you could see your plastic surgeon tomorrow. I'm Suzanne Johns with Neora Age Defying Anti-Age Skincare, and if you would like to have the results that I've seen, my number is 972-639-6396. And that's Neora Age Defying Anti-Age Skincare, and the number is 972-639-6396. This is John Chester and the Power of Positive Playlist on the OBBM Network. Across from me is Paul Kosovich. We were talking about a near-death experience that he had and his music history. So, Paul, things are going along swimmingly. You've had uh, some interesting brushes with life and death. And so you have this band that you're doing. You're married. You're a believer. So... So what? So what change? So when we saw the play, that's actually when I was woken up, I guess you could say. Uh, I was raised Catholic, and my mom was a converted Lutheran to Catholic, which is interesting. But she would read us Bible stories. So I always had the knowledge in my head, but until it was laid out in front of me. And I've seen other people lose people. But when I just realized, you know, that could be me any day, um, and I know sometimes going home after playing out five, six nights with full-time job, I'd fall asleep at a stoplight, you know, and realize that this could happen while I'm driving. So I just realized that I need to step up, get baptized, and, and get my head on straight. But this doesn't mean dumping music, okay? Because no, I don't it, want people to sit there and go, okay, he's going to become a holy roller. He found religion, and now he's just going to dump the, the, the music scene. So how did you adapt that? Well, I started playing in the worship band on the platform at the Baptist Church. It was a, you know, hundred-person choir with a big orchestra, and that was uh, had a lot of fun. And I realized that I enjoyed the worship music for free, playing for free, versus making a hundred or two hundred bucks a night, you know, in a secular band. Uh, I just, was it bugging you? Was the music you were playing? You're playing Proud Mary or. Inagata DeVito or Stairway to Heaven or whatever, Pink Floyd, which is, by the way, one of my favorites. But yeah. were you having a conflict with this? Yeah. And it, it just kept kind of wearing on me like a dripping faucet. It just kept getting, you know, more convicting as time went on that my life was kind of being wasted doing that. So I just got more involved with worship music. Now, here's an odd question. Did you find that in playing praise and worship music that you were doing a lot of the same chords and progressions in praise and worship that you were doing in rock? Pretty much. And I guess what I'm asking is, are you seeing that praise and worship music is built on a rock and roll foundation? We've got the same basic structures with songs, you know, with the chorus and things just naturally going. And so many people are brought up with what they're brought up with. And when you get converted, you still draw on your past to write songs. So, you know, probably the majority you hear is, you know, some, someone else's creation that you just changed because it, it, it inspired a thought in a new direction for you. When George Harrison was sued because of his song, My Sweet Lord, 
he threw up his hands. He goes, well, there's only so many you can songs you can write with, with eight notes. And he was being sued over the song. He's so fine. Mm. And I remember. Yeah. And so there is, there is a, a, a buddy system, if you will. How do you write your music? Cause I, again, I've heard your music. How are you going through your processes? Mostly I do music, but when something moves me, you know, big time, um, then the lyrics can just come out. And I think that's hopefully the Holy Spirit, because I, I try and make everything line up to the Bible. Uh, I was about to say, what kind of filters do you have to to keep your music from going into what we are speaking about right now? Yeah, it's I try and line it up to the Bible. And then if I have someone in a pastoral position, you know, have get their opinion. I've done that in the past, but I haven't been that close lately to any because they're so, if you go to a big church, it's pretty hard to talk to the guy. Yeah. So, All right. So is your wife a musician? She was, and she, I mean, she can be, but it's not her passion. She, is she is she one of your audience to, to, do you sit down and say, hey, I just wrote this song and you play for her? When I'm done, yeah. But when I'm working on a song and I come out and say, did you like that? You know, because I like a, a riff or something that I did. She said, I'm sorry, I didn't hear it, which is good <laughs> because if she kept hearing the same thing all the time, it would drive her nuts. She tunes it out. Yeah. She tunes it out. Some songs come right out and some songs I'll nurse for a year. You know, I'm just looking for a new direction to, you know, make a bridge or something. So how do you recommend, what do you recommend for people to do who are looking for a deeper touch with God through music? I guess you find your sources. Um, I know there's controversy about like Hillsong. There's a lot of their songs that are very questionable. And even some of the uh, worship leaders, directors, when you ask them point blank, are you a Christian? They kind of dance around it. So uh, that's got to be a clue that step back and and watch the words. Now, I want to clarify something real quick. We're not trying to out-Christian people, but we're trying to help you understand sources. If you're going to listen to rock and roll, you don't listen to Charlie Daniels. If you're going to listen to country, you're not going to listen to ACDC. Both find music if that's what you're going for. But know your sources. You have to know what you're getting your music and what the purpose it serves within you. Now, you have some custom tracks you're going to be making for OBBM. So tell us about that. Oh, well, it's going to be fun just to give them a library of soundtracks to use for different things. Local DFW businesses, advertising keeps your businesses front and center in the marketplace. The OBBM network offers targeted reach into the markets you want to dominate. Advertise on the OBBM network for radio, podcast, and television exposure directly where you want it. Area chambers and people groups value knowing service providers they can trust for themselves and trust when giving quality referrals. Advertising strategically is key to successful ROI. Discover what local DFW business advertising on the OBBM network can do for you. Call 214-714-0495 to find out more today. And go to theoffbeatbusiness.com to download your free copy of the Definitive Local Business Digital Media Guide. That's 214-714-0495, offbeatbusiness.com. Not too long ago, there was a study that showed 
of businesses that handpick their music and what is played gets shoppers to last long, uh, stay longer in their stores. And that's why jingles are so important in commercials. So you create music, uh, you create custom tracks for, uh, you're serious, I should say, yeah. about creating these tracks because, I mean, you got your own home studio. Right. Also, I, I handpicked my intro music. I have a friend of mine that made it for me. Mm-hmm. And so I'm all about understanding how music affects. You have your own studio. Mm-hmm. So you've invested in this. How have you created tracks for people? I've done it different ways as far as uh, I, when I was in bands, we would do some tracks that way. And a couple of them, <laughs> one of them, we, our recorder died. So we had to do, I had to mix it the way we wanted it and everyone had to be perfect throughout the recording because it was just a one take and then off to the radio. And it, it's a great, I can play for you later, but uh, it turned out really good. It was a country song and done by a classic rock band and you wouldn't, you couldn't tell. Cool. Yeah. How can people find you? Uh, through OBBM. Well then Paul, thank you very much for your time today. I really appreciate the journey you've traveled and the music you've taken with you and how it's adapted and changed as you've gone along. Thanks. And yeah, I mean, we all have a journey. I was thinking of that on the way here and we all have a a different starting point. Yes, that's true. That's a good point. So I'm John Chester. This is the Power of Positive playlist on the OBBM network. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Power of a Positive Playlist with music therapist and life coach John Ivor Chester on the OBBM Network podcast. Power of a Positive Playlist airs each Monday and Wednesday at noon central and 5 p.m. central on OBBM radio in the Offbeat Business app. Or get the OBBM Network podcast on demand in podcast directories everywhere. For more insight or to book John for speaking or hire John for your therapeutic environments, go to IvorChester.com. Oh,